Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. So for the second week running, Paddy in Korea has sent us a brilliant question to open the show with. Uh, he says, you have mentioned some great club names before, but can you think of a footballer with a more appropriate name than Max Power, who scored for Sunderland at the weekend? Any suggestions? Uh, well, from a German perspective, I'd go with uh, Tora André Flo, former Chelsea striker, because his name is literally Gold's André Flo. Oh, really? So, well, of course, yeah, yeah. That's, that's I'd say, <laughs> he's a good name, but he never yeah. played in Germany, so... Oh, that's unfortunate, yeah. Bit of a... Wasted opportunity there. <laughs> Similar to Flo, who was at Rangers and didn't yeah. score so many goals, but Celtic had a guy, Gary Hooper, mm. and because obviously the nickname's the Hoops, yeah. and he wore the Hoops. And he, then to go fully immerse himself in it, he wore 88 as well, because the club was founded 88. So he really, Hooper 88 on the back of a jersey, I always thought was quite... Very on brand, that was Yeah, Company man. In Italy, we are not that creative, to be honest. No. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? All right. <laughs> uh, well, I was thinking of Danny Invincible. Do you remember him? Oh, yes. Yeah, Colmarnock. I think he played in Scotland, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. Um, of course, Chelsea's goalkeeper is called Keeper. So that's, that's, obviously, yeah. that's a very good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, just a good one that I thought was a guy at Aston Villa I've got at the moment called Marvellous Nakamba. What a great name that is. That is a marvellous <laughs> name for a marvellous man. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the One Football Podcast. I'm Dan Burke. This week I'm joined by Podrick Whelan. Hello. Nico Hamer. Hey. And Francesco Porzio. Hello. Uh, remember, we'd love you to send your questions into us, as Paddy has done there. Uh, the email address, if you want to do that, is podcast at onefootball.com, or you can also get us on Twitter at onefootballen. Uh, we're going to be running the rule over everything that happens in the Champions League this week. Uh, where else could we start? But Tuesday night's massacre in North London. <laughs> <laughs> Tottenham are beating 7-2 by Bayern Munich. <laughs> it's the first time Spurs have ever conceded seven goals at home in a competitive fixture. Podrick, what the hell happened to them? It was so weird. At half-time in that game, you're genuinely sitting, saying to each other, Bayern are maybe a little fortunate to be in front and... Spurs had played quite well, they took the lead and then second half it just, the the two goals quite quickly after each other I think obviously killed them a bit but I don't think they had to be as open as they still were after conceding maybe the fourth, especially the fifth they could have maybe taken that 5-2 as it's a bad result but it's not, you don't have everybody talking about it first thing on the show like today, mm. whereas 7-2 it just catches everyone's attention and they were still sit the defence was sitting so high even late in the game I think they could have got out of that with four or five and yeah. shut up shop a bit taking the defeat but yeah they didn't really help themselves late on I didn't think it was <laughs> I mean the the Napoli goals were basically all the same in the build up yeah no. like maybe yeah. after like two or three you, you get to a point where like we'll figure this guy out doing something wrong here mm. Well, Maurizio Pozzuccino said afterwards that the team gave up a little bit. Do you think this is uh, the writing's on the wall for him and it's sort of the beginning of the end of his tenure at Spurs now? Yeah, it's kind of looking that way, isn't yeah. it? Like Even before the Champions League final and he was talking about this could be my last game and I think if they'd won it, he, he maybe would have walked away. <sighs> yeah, I think like for pretty much a lot of this year, they've they've not been great. That City away game in the Champions League... like. But for that Sterling goal late on, you know, that, that turned what was maybe a mediocre run in towards the end of last season into quite a good one mm. and reaching the final. Ajax away to the road, road their luck a little. So, yeah, I'm starting to think maybe 
maybe that could be could be coming and there's like Real Madrid Man United jobs are both mm. under pressure a little I think because, he's but he's, you, we all agree that he's still in a situation that he, do, he could more or less pick a job when he oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. right yeah. I mean if maybe the chairman doesn't feel that <laughs> the chairman of Tottenham is not very easy to, yeah. to get in touch with yeah, because, right. because Juventus this summer tried to get Pochettino right. but they when they arrived and they, they were asking like I don't know 15 million just to get one uh, the Pochettino out of the contract for yeah. Tottenham you went to sell again. Maybe if you approach him now, that would be way easier. No, I know, yeah. I know, I know. But um, especially if know. he gets fired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we also said after the game, this is going to be a tough season. After the final of the Champions League, it was a chapter closed, and now the club is in a period when they need to open another chapter and decide a project, medium, long term. Do you think there are circumstances beyond his control here, or is he just sort of making excuses? Well, there's like the Ericsson situation to me is just it's such a weird one. Like I know that he might not sign a new contract and he might walk away in January if they want to cash in and get some money or next summer for free but there's been times this season that he's not played and just he's not injured it seems to be for no other reason other than punishing him for not signing a new contract Mm. it was similar to the defenders as well when they weren't signing new deals so if you're not playing who I, I still think he's their best player I know Harry Kane gets the goals but like on a consistent basis if you're going to leave out Christian Eriksen is kind of making a rod for your own back mm. as well I think yeah what about Harry Kane do you think he's lost a bit of his sharpness is it fair to say in the I don't, I don't, of years of these ankle injuries catching up with him well that's, that's a good show. it does seem to be the ankle isn't it that keeps causing him the problems but I, there's still like goals like the one he got against Leicester a few weeks ago where Incredible. I don't yeah I don't know how he, he managed to squeeze mm. that in so I don't know if he's I think Kane is the last it. problem of this squad <laughs> yeah. but Probably. still though I think I think there is a case that he that he lost like a step or two maybe mm. um, and like how couldn't he like, he's been injured so often on the, the same yeah, angle. you have to see the old team I mean now it's difficult you know to to stand up in this I mean it's a situation where everything is going wrong basically from the manager to the even the transfer market probably did some choices that were not good at the end. And uh, so now it's very difficult to step up and, you know, become, I mean, it should probably, but it's not an easy situation. So you can blame one player in this moment, I think, no, especially Harry Kane. With, I'm not blaming him. He always him. scored. And yeah, always and he's, got, he's still going to score. He's still, exactly. me, he's still a top 10 striker in the Premier League, if not the world. It's not a question. But I think that he, I just think it's, it's not fair to say that now. To like to, to after like a few few matches into the season, you say, oh, he's lost it. He's not the man he used to be. Not fair. And obviously, he's still a great player. All I'm saying though is there are very little cases in which a player who has been injured that often and he's still so young and it's always the same injury yeah. that came up. It's, it's just very unlikely that it that it doesn't bother you at all. Over, exactly. Over I know. I know. But. I would blame more the, the the club that they didn't replace Llorente, for example, yeah. which was a striker that could help in these moments, you mm. know, because yeah. he was scoring goals also. So they didn't really replace him at the end. So how can you compete like for 60 games per year with one striker? I mean, you're not just playing the Premier yeah. League at the end, you know? And he's probably going to get injured again at some exactly. point. Exactly. So, yeah, so, you know, the, the, if you don't replace that kind of player, it's difficult to um, have a being continuous during the season, you know, because you don't have the number nine who every Sunday is there and scores. And is, uh, uh, I mean, Harry Kane, it's an amazing player, so it's yeah. difficult to replace him. But I wouldn't say that they should replace Harry Kane. 
but they should find like an alternative mm. at least. Yeah, they should have a proper backup. Exactly. They don't have that. Vincent, Vincent, Vincent Janssen, no? Yeah. <laughs> did, where did he go? Didn't he go to Mexico or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. Mexico. <laughs> Maybe they'll try again for Dybala in January. Yeah, but he's not that kind of player. No. I mean, it's more a number 10 Dybala. They mm. Maybe Guayin. <laughs> no, Mandzukic. Whenever someone needs a striker, everybody talks about Mandzukic. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Mandzukic, uh, yeah, but... Um, <laughs> anyway, enough about Spurs. It was a wonderful night for Bayern Munich, uh, we have to say that. Nico, did you think they were even capable of a performance like that under Nico Kovac? No. <laughs> In short. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But Bayern is a bit of um, a bit weird team this season because, um, like in the first half, where... I completely agree. I felt like um, they were very lucky to be up. Actually, yeah. it was just two like two great goals by two great players, and that's that was the only thing that happened mm-hmm. in the first half. But Bayern this season is a team that if they get going, they just don't stop and they destroy opponents. And after the ge- after the, the match, you look at the at the match report and you see they scored four, five, seven in this case, and you you don't really know how it happened. Yeah. Um, so uh, football is a, is, a, is a sport obviously where results count in the end. But this result was it was still lucky for Bayern. Let's be honest here. Like the, you can play that game a hundred times and it's never going to happen again. You know. But um, it was very an important win for Bayern because everybody's been talking about how they're not the same giant they used to be, and this certainly was a statement win. Yeah, talk to me about Serge Gnabry as well. I mean, do you think he's he scored four, he scored four goals, four pretty good goals as well? Do you think he's up there with some of the best forward players in Europe? Um, I think he's definitely on his way. Um, I um, followed Gnabry very closely because I think I told, I told this story before in the podcast. I played with him football on the street when I was like maybe 17, 18, and he was like 12 or something. Oh, wow. And I was not so. It was already better than you, <laughs> It wasn't Stuttgart. It was before he went to London because I knew his neighbor. And I was not slow, but this 12-year-old kid was double as fast as I ever yeah. was in my entire life. He was incredible back then. So I just followed him over the course of his career. And he has been, since the Westbourne year, he made steady improvement every single year. Mm. He got better and better and better. He looks like way more physical than he did a few years ago. And I think he's on his way to become an absolute... I think he's on his way to become a world-class player. He's great. Mm. You mentioned the West Brom year there. It's always worth remembering that he yeah. made one Premier League appearance for West Brom and yeah. Arsenal had to recall him because he wasn't playing because Tony Pulis didn't think he was good enough Yeah, he, West Brom. he actually said after the game <laughs> that he was very surprised with, with Napoli because he couldn't even make the, the, like the second team for yeah. West Brom. So yeah. Maybe misjudgment of your, on your side there. Did you see what Javi Martinez did with the match ball at the end of the yeah. game? <laughs> did you see and, this? And he did it again but, but he, in tri- uh, back in Munich. Did you see that? Gnabry had got the ball back. Yeah, he no. got it. And Javi Martinez put up a video on Instagram of him sneaking into Gnabry's locker, taking it out and just putting the ball away again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, but honestly, I would be so mad if I was going to Yeah, yeah happy. You could see that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, I'm amazing. I mean, there's not actually. only just one ball in the game. That, no, that's what always gets me about having the match ball. So you, that might not even have been the ball that Maybe, yeah, you exactly. used for any of the goals. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robert Lewandowski. Robert Lewandowski even got two on the night, meaning he's now scored in nine consecutive games. Do you think he's got some extra fire in his belly this season? I, I honestly thought that this would be the year where Lewandowski is not finishing top scorer of the Bundesliga and where we finally see him slow down a little bit. I really thought that. And now he looks, especially in the Bundesliga, he looks like he's like on a completely different level than every other player in this, in this league. It's incredible. Um, I don't know where the fire comes from um, because he's been very harsh with the management in the summer. He said, like, we need new players. We're not good enough. We can't compete in Europe. Um, and it all sounded like he's more or less really unhappy in Munich. 
Um, but something there is something that drives this man, mm-hmm. and yeah, he's he's a cheat. In the Bundesliga, he's a cheat code, and in the Champions League, he's been doing quite well so far. Mm. Yeah, he's incredible, isn't he? Absolutely. And think- the thing is, in the Bundesliga, he now starts missing a few like. Open, open yeah, shots. he missed a bad mm. one yeah. last weekend against so Paderborn. Yeah. He would be at like 15 goals yeah. or something if he would use all his chances. It's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Can Bayern win the Champions League this season? I don't think so. No? No. I can't see it. Um, I can't see Bayern. Like, if Bayern f- plays a team that plays high pressure, like Liverpool, or even Manchester City that, that is very dominant with the ball, I can't see Bayern win it over two games. Just, I don't. Yeah. Well, the other big shock on Tuesday saw Real Madrid held to a 2-2 draw at home by Club Bruges after falling uh, 2-0 behind in the first half. Was this the case of Madrid underestimating them, do you think, Fra? Absolutely, yes. And uh, as we were talking before about Spurs, I think Real Madrid are now, they still have to find a way. I think they're really confused. Even Zidane doesn't seem to be happy with the transfer market in the the summer. Mm. Apparently he's asking already for some midfielders in the January window. The, the amount of AKA, money they spent in the summer. Sorry? <laughs> the amount of money they spent in the summer. Yeah, AKA Paul Pogba. Yeah. <laughs> but what is this yeah. team? Like, they have plenty of young talent now. Then they have an Eden Hazard, who should be in his prime, doesn't play like it. And then they have the old bunch of players that won the Champions League. It's the weirdest mix of a team. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's, it's like Frankenstein team or something. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I have to say, I looked at the, their transfer business in the summer and thought, they're back. This is Real Madrid. Yeah. They've done it. And I'm very... Surprised at how it's I don't know. Out. I think I, I don't like comebacks in football, you know. So I think that the. What I, do you mean? I, like Zidane, Zidane going, back. going back to Real Madrid. Oh, not, not like Salzburg again. No, coming backs, you know, like yeah. comebacks. Yeah. So I think that maybe wasn't the right idea at the end. It to, sure looks like it. And for now, maybe, maybe it will be, but. You know, you brought back a manager that won three Champions League in a row, was the best manager probably in the history, in the recent history of Real Madrid. But right now it seems that he has no clue what he's doing. Mm. Having said that, they are unbeaten on top of La Liga. (laughs) No, no, I know, I know. But, you know, Real Madrid, uh, La Liga is important, but you have to Mm. win also the Champions League. I mean, Mm. drawing uh, home against Bruges. But when was the last time they won the league? I mean, I guess they, sh- they will be happy. Zidane. Zidane, yeah, second season. year Zidane, yeah. I think. Yeah. So three years ago then? Yeah. Yeah. Two. <laughs> <laughs> so like that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let the listeners do the maths on that But I have, I have a question <laughs> for you guys. Seeing Zidane now with this Real team, does this make Cristiano look way better afterwards and be like <laughs> Don't guy? tell me. <laughs> Don't tell me about Cristiano. Don't or, tell me. Because I've been telling this since ages. So, <laughs> of course, like, He's the uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is the player that decides more than anyone else, I think, and uh, that's the proof. I mean, this team with Cristiano Ronaldo was probably going to win 4-0, like 4-2, the game against Bruges. So, <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't stop the two goals going at the exactly. end. Yeah, well, Zidane described the first goal as a joke, and Thibaut Courtois was subbed at half time. The official reason he had stomach aches and dizziness, but there's some suggestion he might actually have been taken off because he wasn't playing very well. Yeah, he? I think he missed training yeah. the last few days as well so yeah. maybe there actually is something in it mm-hmm. the not feeling well thing but yeah as soon as you see a goalkeeper go off at half time and it's always feeling a bit dizzy you're like no no there's, <laughs> yeah, I don't there's something yeah there's something going on <laughs> especially because he's not he really hasn't performed like at all for them since no, the new since 
If I have, if I call in sick with stomach ache and dizziness, there's normally a, a reason. <laughs> Nico's for it. hungover, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, did, did you see that? You read that last week that in Germany now a hangover is considered like an official illness. I was about yeah. to say that. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Why has nobody told me? Uh, because he's, we work in a company, mate. Francesco. Yeah. Your boys were doing so well. Conte ball. Conte ball. Conte ball. Yeah. Why was it such a game of two halves for Inter, do you think, this one? Because they were great in the first half. Looked like it could have been 2-0 at halftime, 3-0 maybe. Uh, I don't want to be too tactical, but I think that Vidal, when he entered, completely changed the game. Mm. Because he put a player with aggressivity in that position where, and Inter wasn't able to respond to that. So I think that was the key of the game. But I have to say that was the best Inter game in the last 10 years, probably. Mm. Considering also who they were playing against, and um, you know, going to play a camp no like that. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the, the first half. It was it should have been more yeah, than one nil up at halftime. Inter was yeah. great. I mean, Barcelona was bad. We have to say that. Yeah. I mean, they're not the team that they used to be five, six years ago. Mm. Messi was in great in great shape. Uh, Griezmann playing as a wing. I don't see how how they can do it. To be honest, mm. um, so. I mean, at the end, it's normal to lose a Camp Nou like that. But uh, it was very, very impressive to see, especially for the for the Serie A, I think. It was a message to Juventus, Napoli, to mm. everyone, I think. Well, I texted you during the game and said Inter looked like City in that uh, blue and white kit. And they said they played better. <laughs> you did say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Conte wasn't happy with the referee. Uh, well, he got booked during the game, didn't he? I love this yellow card in managers. For coaches, think it's great. yeah. Pe- Pe- Pep Guardiola was like worst nightmare, but oh, yeah. he got booked the other night as well. Yeah. Have you seen what he said after? About respect, yes, very close to Mourinho. Yeah, he was. He said, wasn't it? Yeah. He said oh, they they have the they have written the shirt respect. They should respect us. Yeah, yeah. And does it really? I mean, it's not really connected to what he was saying because <laughs> respect is a respect for the game, for the other yeah. things, not for the team. You yeah. know? So, but anyway, uh, I think that was um, a mess. Also, a statement from Conte mm. saying, "All right, Inter maybe wasn't good for the last ten years, but we're still Inter." Yeah. So. You still you still have to respect the team, because it's fair to say that there were some cases where the referee could took could take different decisions. Yeah, that, the, the one with the Sensi, penalty, yeah. the penalty, not even checking with the VAR. I mean, I could understand Conte. I mean, I wouldn't say respect that way, like Mourinho said, but mm. <laughs> but um, I think it was a statement how they played and also how he reacted after that mm. Inter is, is coming back so yeah. good vibes good vibes I really enjoyed Stefano Sensi's ah, performance yeah, yeah. he's yeah. been a real surprise package for Inter yeah. this season it so is. he's on loan from Sassuolo is that well right? yes it's a I would say more a fake loan right. than a loan because they couldn't afford to spend 30 millions for him this summer so they split it basically they mm-hmm. did like a loan with 5 millions and then with the option to buy for next year but I mean it's already so they're gonna buy him yeah yeah. he's doing an amazing year for now Mm. and it was very surprising because he was supposed to go to AC Milan in the summer right and then apparently Maldini didn't want him at the end was really not sure about that signing so Inter uh, they jump in and uh, they bought him Mm. and I think there was for sure until now, the best signing in the summer. It was a sensible decision, would you say? Oh, it was a sensible <laughs> decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I shouldn't laugh at my own jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it was a big and much-needed win for Barcelona, Podrick. How impressed were you with their ability to turn the game around in the second half? Yeah, it was in the, the second half, but I think it's pretty much like Fra said, if they hadn't brought Vidal on, I don't think they would have got it. was like 55 minutes. 50, game, right? Just, yeah, just yeah. after yeah, yeah, half-time, yeah. yeah. And because nothing was working in midfield and Inter were running all over them, and he did, he just came in and he added that aggression to the game and just dragged them. Yeah, because Forward. every player was not in their position, basically. Mm. Like, De Jong was playing as a as a number, like, I would say, six. Yeah, over on the right. And uh, so Busquets was there. There were, like, three playmakers, basically. Yeah. And Griezmann was on the, on the, on the left the wing. You had two fullbacks. So Semedo had to play on the left as really well. It really didn't make sense how, how Barcelona was playing. That makes me think that in La Liga is enough, probably, mm. to play like that. Yeah. To be, you know, you, well, need, you need, like... Yeah, I mean, so far, no, I know, I know, but <laughs> you know, Inter, Inter, who scored, who scored two, three goals in the first half, yeah, easily, yeah, easily. So Inter looked amazing, man. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I was really impressed. I know, by that. <laughs> <laughs> I was really impressed. I was not expecting that. To be honest. You, you mentioned Griezmann there, Nico. Do you think it's fair to say Barca were better after we went off? I look. The thing is. I, you can't be too hard on Griezmann yet because actually his record is not too bad since he joined Barcelona. Ah, let's be hard on him. Yeah, yeah. but but <laughs> like he he clearly doesn't fit in. Yeah. Like he's 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 like he's not not part of this team whatsoever when he's on the pitch. Imagine yeah. with Neymar. Yeah, well, this team with Neymar. Yeah. What do? Well, how can you play? You play with four you, one five basically. You can, you, can, you can just release Griezmann on a, on a free transfer. Like you, you wouldn't play that. But also because I mean, football is a matter of not just positions. It's yeah. a matter also of running and tackling. You see, like the strikers of Barcelona, That's Messi. It. I mean, it's the best player in the world, but he's like playing with ten. Ten players. Yeah, but the second goal because it, it doesn't run. Without Messi, the, like, yeah. they're not scoring that second exactly, goal. Exactly, exactly. That was such a I know, messy thing. I know. Like, that's messy. Right. And then he, yeah, that's messy. But for, for, for eighty minutes, yeah, was yeah. not at yeah. the level. And no. they have a few of these players, man. Yeah, no. that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. You wonder how much of it is the guys maybe in the dressing room just not liking him that much after the whole documentary thing, mm. and I'm not coming, and oh, actually now I'm your teammate. Like, well, Messi denied it again after the game. Yeah, I know. So yeah, yeah. Of course, we've not got a problem. Kind yeah, of thing, exactly. Yeah. The rumors said it like fifteen times. I'm starting <laughs> yeah. to believe through gritted teeth. There no, were I like rumors in the summer that were saying that they didn't want him mm. and they prefer to have Neymar, Neymar back. back yeah. 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 So maybe now it's starting to make sense. Yeah. And Barca got a thirty euro fine, didn't they? For 300 300, 300 300 sorry 300. 300. very expensive oh yeah that would have been ridiculous yeah that would have been crazy <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 that's that's probably the most ridiculous punishment I've ever heard of in, in, no, yeah. in professional football yeah. it's unbelievable it's insane imagine um, if that happened to you I don't know Real Madrid or Juventus yeah yeah imagine I mean, everybody that everybody would imagine that Juventus in particular yeah. Juventus in particular in Italy they were like Italy fires fire. now yeah. fires and uh, Luis Suarez said after the game, we are the best team in the world and everything is viewed with a magnifying glass. Are they the best team in the world? Didn't look like, to be no. honest, but uh, <laughs> apparently they are. I think it was very worrying from a Barca perspective, the performance of uh, Wednesday. Mm. Because, um, I mean, they probably are the best team in the world if you pick the players, not in the defence probably, but mm. how can you play like that? I mean, yeah. you are at the end of a cycle because at the end this team... With Valverde, it's not it's going it's not gonna stay five years. 
now it's gonna stay for 10 years <laughs> but probably this the last year maybe two so you need to expect something more at this point i would expect the opposite inter play like barcelona and barcelona play like inter mm. to be honest yeah it seemed to be the opposite and that's very worrying from a barcelona perspective mm. Um, it must be worrying from an Inter perspective. I mean, you played very well, as we said, but one point from two games in this group. I mean, Dortmund, doubleheader now. You must be a bit worried about getting out of the, uh, the group. Conte said after the game that uh, they have basically no chance to qualify for the round of 16. Uh, and then... Wait for, wait, wait for Dortmund, man. <laughs> remember, it's Conte. So he's probably <laughs> saying that because if he does, if he qualifies for the round of 16, he's going to say... We made something Genius. incredible. Yeah. Magic. How can, how can, remember when he was at Chelsea the first year? Every press conference he was saying, last year we arrived eighth or ninth. Mm. So Juventus, he was saying, we arrived from uh, two consecutive seven, seven, play, seven, um, see, seven places in yeah, the yeah. league. Now the Inter, you know, Inter at the end, with Spalletti, they did a good job. Not amazing job, but they started to rebuild. <laughs> Now when he speaks, it seems that he, he came after, Mur uh, after Benitez, right? <laughs> like, like yeah. a disaster, like after Stramaccioni, you know? <laughs> so he has this way of speaking that the one that was before was the worst thing ever and he has to rebuild. Yeah, that helps yeah. himself probably, but also the team to, you know, mm. find a structure and a unity. Yeah. And, uh, but that's... Now he's going to focus, I think, in the league. Sunday there is a huge game. There is a huge game, yeah. Against Juventus. The first time Conte plays against Juventus. Mm. The team he supports, the team he was the captain, the team he was the manager of the reconstruction after Calciopoli. So emotionally speaking, he's in San Siro, so it's not the real game. The one will be in March, I think, mm. the one that we comes back to Turin. But it will be interesting to see yeah. Conte against Juve. And are you feeling confident? Uh, yes, I mean, um, yes, but uh, Juve, you know, they have Cristiano Ronaldo, so if he's in shape, it's difficult to stop him, mm. even if Inter have a great defense. Yeah. So it will be a tough game for both parties, I think. Last year was more, and the years before was more, um, Inter they had to hope for a draw. Now Inter can hope for a win, but if they don't win, it's not a surprise. Mm. Let's say, put it this way. Yeah. And just while we're talking about Italian football, a quick word about AC Milan. Um, Gianpaolo, Marco Gianpaolo's under <laughs> a lot of pressure, isn't he? Do you think it's true that he's got one more game to save his job yeah. against Genoa this weekend? One more game. And then, no, <laughs> no, no. Uh, for sure, the game against Genoa will decide his future. Because mm. if he doesn't win, he's up. 100%. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the game against uh, Fiorentina was probably the worst game of AC Milan in mm. years. And you were not expecting that at this point because they know they cannot win right now. So nobody is asking Gianpaolo to win 30 games per year and arrive third in the league. They know they cannot even arrive in the Champions League. But they, they brought him to have this uh, good game, as mm. they call him, you know, bel gioco in Italian. Yeah. And uh, to make grow players that the, that the, the, the club can resell, basically. Mm -hmm. That's the idea. Uh, because they are financially broke right now. Yeah. So the the thing they asked him was to play good football. As you can see, the results are very, very poor. They play no football? Like, there's <laughs> they, no exactly. build-up? There's no, no, there is nothing. Games just pass by. And also, by. like, Piontek doesn't even see what is a goalie. Yeah. Uh, Suso, have you seen Suso? 
um, even good players, like the only good player right now that is doing quite okay is Leao, yeah. who arrived in the summer. Mm. But you know, you can ask a 20 years old to uh, to do everything. You know, <laughs> the, it should be driven by players like Suso, like uh, Romagnoli, like uh, even Piontek. But if they are not performing, it's difficult for uh, for mm. a team to 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 do to, to do something yeah. because right now it's really. If they, play if they don't win more. tomorrow, play at the Ribic more, man. If they don't win. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> if they don't win tomorrow, and few other team win, they can be in the relegation zone. Right. Oh, God. Bloody hell! So that's yeah. shocking. Weren't you saying to me this week that Gianpaolo's time at Sampdoria was a bit of a myth as well? That he sort of wasn't. No, I'm not saying it was a myth. I was saying that. Um, I mean, at, at the end, he, he he did two eight places. You know, hmm. so he he wasn't really. The, the the away the away score in the in Sampdoria was terrible for San, for Gianpaolo. It was really good at home. He was driven by Quagliarella, who did an amazing two seasons. So I'm not saying that he's not a good manager because it's, he's very good in making players grow. Because if you think about Milan Skriniar, even Andersen, especially defenders, they really improve with him. Yeah. So he's not he's not a bad manager. Nobody's saying that. But you know, Milan is very very under pressure mm-hmm. right now. The Ultras last game, I don't know if you saw that. Yes. They, they went off the stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bef- half an hour before the game was over. <laughs> so Not great. The situation yeah. right now, I think they should find like a solution, like a caretaker manager, you say in England. Andrei Shevchenko. He said that he doesn't that, want to, he? he doesn't want, I mean, now he's doing amazing with Ukraine. I mean, he should do two jobs for mm. one year. I don't know if, it's not very common, this thing. We always say that, you know, when the, there is a coach in, uh, in the national team, mm. oh, he can do two different things. I think he happened like twice or three times in the last 20 years. Yeah, yeah I think that used to... It's was, a myth. It was it's doable, a video like game thing. 30 yeah. years ago, that was doable. But yeah, I think Maldini did it. Maldini's father, Cesare, yeah. did it with Milan and the national team. Yeah. But, but I, I don't, don't know, remember. is he even allowed to do it anymore? Is, is no, it is. Oh, I think it is allowed. Yeah, is it you can do it, but... To? Maybe they maybe they do it in like smaller countries. They can do it, but I mean, how can you do it in in Italy, in England, or in Germany? It's no, impossible. Right. Imagine the, it's uh, two full time jobs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like yeah. So now you know you know they've got the international break coming up, so the club managers spend that time sort of analyzing things, don't they? Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. If you've got to then go and do all stuff with the national team, who does yeah. all that? It's, I yeah. mean, even Vincent Company. Like he was playing manager and then didn't end well. Didn't end well. well. Didn't end well. But but the reason they gave after not too good start was well he goes away to the Belgium national team which he still plays in. But I what I didn't know I thought he ended his career. So he's away during international breaks and we can't work in the uh, in the club and that is the main reason. Mm. The thing is, I mean, depends of Anderlecht, but I'm thinking the big teams there are not even players in the during the national team breaks. Because they all, every, most of them are in the, in the national team, so mm-hmm. with who they can work with at the end. Also, oh, coach would be accused of like favoritism. How many players? They? How many players stay in during the yeah. the international break? That's why they always have like <laughs> only half week uh, off. Only Müller and Boateng since they <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe Neuer soon. <laughs> Don't tell Onus. <laughs> uh, Dortmund got a decent win, uh, a two-nil win away at Slavia Prague on Wednesday night. But Nico, I wanted to ask you about Pierre Emerick Aubameyang's tweet from yesterday. He wrote, "Better for you, I never talk about why I really left Dortmund, Mister Vatska. You such a clown." It's Rem- great stuff, right? <laughs> Remember that time you said we were never going to sell Usman? Then you saw more than one hundred million. You were the first to take the money. Uh, don't talk about money, please. Leave me alone, please. 
So it, what's what's this about? It is so weird. Um, so it all started with uh, Vatska, the chairman of Borussia Dortmund, giving an interview and basically saying, "Oh, I'm I'm sure Aubameyang is happy in London when he looks at his uh, at his how do you say? his bank account, his bank account." Yeah. But uh, on Wednesday night, he uh, has to watch Champions League in, in TV and is a bit sad. And that's how it wasn't called for. Nobody yeah. asked for to to, to to shoot against Aubameyang, and Aubameyang answered pretty harsh as he just mm. as he just read out and it was very surprising for everybody i think um because the general understanding of how the public saw it was back then that a usman dembele who he refers to here striked like he went on strike to get away mm. like he didn't go to he didn't show up to practice um and didn't answer his phone or anything and Obama young did the same in less bad when he when he wanted to join arsenal so back then the the narrative was Well, the players are the bad guys here. This now includes that there is something that nobody knows about that happened between Watzke and Aubameyang or whoever. Mm. And that's a bit of a thing, like a, a reoccurring theme with Dortmund. Because we all, like, there are things that happen in Dortmund that nobody gets to hear about. I mean, <laughs> I'm still one of the biggest secrets of football for me is why Thomas Tuchel had to leave the club after a very successful season. Um, and Watzke is in the German public is like ah oh, he's like the great chairman mm. he's so much better than Hoeneß now because Hoeneß lost it a little bit you know that's like the yeah. but in the end he's not far from Hoeneß like, he <laughs> likes to provoke he's a loud mouth and this just so, shows it again well, yes. I know the perspective of Young back then when he before he joined Arsenal mm-hmm. he was supposed to join Milan in the summer before Yeah. so he was 100% sure that he was going to AC Milan mm-hmm. I remember also yeah. He was even tweeting or did some Instagram live where he was saying uh, "Ciao Milano," uh, something like that. Right, right. Uh, uh, And he obviously loves it, Milan. Yeah, Love yeah, Milan. yeah, because he, yeah, I know. But um, so he asked Dortmund to leave in the summer, and they said no. But we promise you that the next offer that will arrive, we're gonna sell you. Uh-huh. So in the that was in January, sorry. So in the summer. When, the, uh, when AC Milan arrived with the offer, he was sure he was going. And Dortmund said, no, we d- that's not enough. We want you to stay. So they oh. basically forced him to stay the summer. So I think, and then in, the, in January, he went to Arsenal. Mm. But so I think that the whole story, the whole background, the whole angry that there is between the two parties starts from the Aubameyang that he wanted to go mm. before he actually went yeah. to Arsenal. I think that's where it starts. Yeah, it's, it's not unlikely. Um, It's a bit of then a, all these things are you know a consequence probably yeah yeah and the, but the thing is like these are the, the right characters too on the one side there's Vatka who like I said he's not taking any shit mm. he's like he's always firing back and then there's Aubameyang who if Aubameyang like he's riding a bad mobile and and has like diamonds in his hair and if he <laughs> calls somebody a clown I just love that that's just, just <laughs> yeah. great stuff such a great insult <laughs> uh, Juventus won 3-0 uh, at home to Bayer Leverkusen on Tuesday Cristiano Ronaldo made two little bits of history with this result can anyone tell me what they are one is the, his score against uh, most teams in the 33 history. different 30 teams 33 different teams and that one is he's the player that won most Champions League games in the history yeah football. both right Correct. Yeah. yeah. So he's won 102 Champions League games, which is he's now surpassed Iker Casillas' record, uh, yeah. and he's scored against 33 different teams, which puts him level with Raúl's record. Wow. So, I, w- yeah. I would have thought that he, uh, I don't know, has scored like 40 goals against German teams now because <laughs> he scores always when he plays a German team. 
Maybe it's another stat that he didn't, yeah, didn't, up, look, he didn't look up. <laughs> I know that he scored, I think, 10 times against Neuer, which is record for Manu Neuer. Oh, wow. Well. No. <laughs> uh, Gonzalo Higuain got on the score sheet in this game. He said afterwards that he wanted to prove that he deserved to be at Juventus. Francesco, does he deserve to be at Juventus? I absolutely think so. Yeah? Yeah. I have always been, real... been, you know, a big fan of Gonzalo Higuain. Yeah. And I think he didn't deserve the treatment of last summer. If you remember, I was saying this summer also, when there were rumors he had to go, that to me, the perfect striker for Cristiano Ronaldo at Juventus is Higuain. Mm. They couldn't find anyone better because he can be the sort of Karim Benzema of Real Madrid at Juve. And he didn't deserve... I mean, Higuain was, the before Cristiano, the most paid player in the history of Juventus mm. four years ago now. And uh, after very good seasons, he was treated like the last striker in the world with <laughs> yeah. no future yeah. Yeah. with no potential with no impact in the game uh he's a very emotional player as we know like he's very his psychological side it's very fragile from one point of view mm -hmm. that's why he failed in milan he failed in chelsea but then now he's back in his perfect um comfort zone mm. and uh I think right now, like he has, he has sorry that he's the he's dead, <laughs> yeah. at, uh, football speaking. <laughs> um, with Cristiano Ronaldo, he has a great relationship in the field and outside the field. I think there is no, nothing wrong to say that he's the best striker that Juve can have right now. I totally, I totally agree with you that he didn't deserve the treatment he got, especially if you think that in his like first or second year when Ronaldo and Iguain played together at Madrid. They were wonderful together. Mm. They were they were honestly it was a stunning duo up front. And just every just pretended that it could never happen. It was like ah shit. Now they have Igor Because we, it was we, a we, problem for Real Madrid because they had Benzema. They had, yeah, I mean how many. can you how can you fix that yeah. in the in the field? But it still happened. I mean no, they yeah, still yeah, no, were, no. were on record. I mean last, we have to say that last year they had to sell Iguain for financial reasons yeah. because mm -hmm. they couldn't afford the salary of Iguain with Cristiano Ronaldo. So but, You can ask me why this year they can afford it and last year they didn't. They can't even this year. In fact, Juve is, financially speaking, they have few problems. I mean, they, they couldn't sell Dybala, they couldn't sell Mandzukic, they couldn't sell Higuain, they couldn't sell uh, basically 25 players, Mardo <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> But uh, they have it and they use it, I think. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I agree with the statement that he's the best option. I've never seen a club though who wins the league like actively try to sell players so much. Like Dybala <laughs> knew he wasn't wanted. Higuain, like Fraz said, knew he wasn't wanted. It's like all these talented players and just no one. I know even like, then club if, doesn't you, want if you think me. also the midfielders, Emre Can, yeah, Matuidi also at the beginning, uh, Kedira. Uh, so and one one day they arrive and they say uh, Kedira is not on the market anymore. Now we're playing. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mind-blowing. One month ago was the, exactly the opposite. Yeah. Kedira was not even training with the yeah. team at one point, you know? So <laughs> I think they really, they really had problems in the summer. They couldn't sell anyone, basically. They picked some players that I still have some doubts about it, which are, for me, Rabiot. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Rabiot, so... <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's difficult to put him right now in this team but will be Sarri's job to to do it 
Uh, well, after the game, Sarri was asked if he would ever start Ronaldo, Higuain and Dybala together. And he said, if I'm sitting in a bar, it seems like a good idea to me too. If I'm on the bench, then I have to take the balance of the side into consideration. Yeah, I actually rephrased it after. He said that before the game in the press conference and they asked him again after. He said, no, 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 I was kind of joking. Uh, the idea to rephrase what he was saying is that uh, from a tactical point of view, it's difficult to have three players that don't run, mm. <laughs> they don't come back, <laughs> yeah. uh, having to get playing together. Yeah. But I think uh, it's a suggestion that, that they can do. I mean, let's not forget that if, when you think about Sarri, which kind of system you associate with him? Don't ask me. What do you think? <laughs> think what? Four, three? Three, three, four, three, three. One, two, or three. Four, three, three is yeah. the common one because three. Chelsea was playing with, with the two and also Napoli. Yeah. But he actually started with four, three, one, two at Empoli and yeah. also even at we Napoli. No, 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 Empoli. And then at Napoli, when he started, his main idea was to do an insignia as a number 10 and then having two strikers. Yeah, because he had like Saponara. Exactly. Yeah. Like Saponara at Empoli. Yeah. So now the idea would be to have Dybala as a number 10 and Higuain and Cristiano Ronaldo are strikers. It's an amazing idea, to be yeah. honest, but you need, you need to have Dybala to work in a very different yeah. way like he used to, yeah. so it takes time. Yeah. And I don't know if Juve is willing to wait Dybala until he is, uh, I don't know, month to, to improve and arrive at this level, mm. because for me, if in, the, in January it arrives another offer for Dybala, he will go. Yeah. It's very likely. Manchester United, Tottenham, maybe, someone like that. Again, nobody <laughs> wants to go to United. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. uh, Liverpool got their first win of the group stage, but they were made to work really hard for it. How did they let that 3-0 lead slip like that? Well, Virgil van Dijk is human, isn't yeah, that what it was? The, so, yeah. the abuse the poor guy got, he got beaten by one guy for one goal, and I thought the world had ended yeah. the way people reacted. <laughs> but, yeah, I, th I think it was, it was just the... The second half, I think they just came out and they thought it was done, and it it did shock the system. That Klopp said that after the game, Salzburg just, I think he said they just saw that the door was open and they came charging and kicked it down, mm -hmm. and pretty much what happened, they uh, they saw Liverpool, pressed them, Van Dijk, and Gomez didn't get a lot of time on the ball. I think Matip was missed in yeah, the game as well. Yeah. I think a lot of people said that kind of absence makes the heart grow fonder kind of thing. When <laughs> a guy's not in the team, they always seem better than they are when they're there. But yeah. like you, they still went and up the park and got the goal. And you kind of always thought they would too yeah. when, the, when the comeback happened. So. It's just very uncharacteristic for them to be so <coughs> open defensively like that, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, for it's, for me, this, this shot of Virgil van Dijk being on his knees and uh, the, the Zeisburg guy... Storming Pass is already one of the greatest football photos of the year. <laughs> have you seen the the video of the Salzburg manager in the dressing room? No. Ah, you have to check it out. It's amazing. What's, what's he speaks in two? He's American, you know, right, Salzburg okay. manager. Yeah. But he speaks in both German and American with a very strong American accent. Right, so okay. it's like an NFL game. <laughs> and uh, there are there is him speaking very in a very angry way. You have to put passion. You have to put. You have to take them. And it switches from German to... And this was, what, a half-time? Half-time, yeah. yeah. Right. They, they, they put it on Twitter. If you go on Twitter, oh, they, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, see yeah, it. No. I bet that video wouldn't have came public if, if they, they hadn't they went out. Yeah. Yeah, 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 probably. Do you think they've got the potential Salzburg to be the dark horses of the competition this year? Uh, the Ajax of 2020? I, mean. I don't think the Ajax of 2020 
but they can go through the the the, the round of 16 i think mm. Which is already way more than anybody would have thought. Before. Exactly, yeah. But I mean, they've that's got to already get past Liverpool and Napoli to do that. Do you think it's Sorry? do you think it's actually possible for them to get through a group with Liverpool and Napoli in it? Uh, it's very difficult, but I mean, they have they have chances. I mean, they, they, they the first two games were really impressive. I think with Napoli, we, we're gonna see how they are. Really, I, I think they'll finish third, and yeah. they are a proper. Like you wouldn't be surprised to see them if they reach win the Europa, Europa League, League yeah, final. Yeah, yeah, because we we've had a few run-ins. Like last season, Celtic played them Europa League as well, and uh, yeah, they're like shit hot team. Yeah, but really the, the games against yeah. Napoli will yeah. be crucial because if they, for example, win one, you never know. And then yeah. you have to play against Liverpool at home. It's and then you have to. I don't know. <sighs> It's incredible how many players they left, uh, they lost though in the summer. Yeah. Basically, they, 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 they basically lost every important player they, they had in the last season, which also was a surprise. <laughs> and already. the coach as well. And the coach went yeah. to Napoli as well. Everybody just left, and now they're back, and they're having like this incredible uh, attack. Well, I was surprised also by Ajax, to be honest. I yeah. didn't accept them, uh, expect them to be at this level yeah. right yeah. now. I mean, they lost uh, <laughs> the best players they had, basically, especially in defense and midfield. And now they are still there mm. and playing good football. Decent, yeah. Maybe not as good as last year, but they're still there. And they, you didn't see the difference at the end. Mm. Well, I might have been the only person in the room who watched Manchester City's 2 0 win over Dinamo Zagreb. I <laughs> think so. I watched the goals, <laughs> if it can help. Um, How was it? Was it? A, well, it was a very interesting refereeing performance. By interest, I mean it was bloody awful <laughs> for both teams. Um, I mean, there was a, a penalty that City should have had for a blatant handball in the first half didn't check the VAR no point in doing that I, don't I think, think in, I don't know if you have the same feeling in the UEFA competition there is a really really different way of using the VAR mm. yeah compared I to I'm, I mean I'm used to the Italian Serie A I think it's similar from where I can watch to your leagues and uh, in, in, uh, in the in Champions League they take for granted that the, that the referee uh, especially in the, when, I, when we speak about penalties uh, that the referees uh, already saw it and already mm. took a decision and that's a you know it's a ticky role in the in the vr system yeah, because yeah. they say if it's a clear mistake we can interfere but if the referee already judge it we cannot say anything yeah so that's very difficult to understand how can you work it out yeah. but in italy for example the var in every penalty decision intervene everything mm -hmm. in the euro in the champions league it seems that if the, if the referee saw it, like the Sensi one in, against Barcelona, yeah. he saw it, so it's fine. I mean, he really took the decision, and it's not a clear mistake. Mm. While, I don't know, it's, we already had the discussion. Oh, it's, it's, it's never ending. We, we could talk about it every week, couldn't we? It just, it, I just find it baffling. I mean, there was one in the second half of the City game as well where Aguero was fouled in the box. Um, they checked it. They looked at all eight angles or whatever and decided it wasn't a penalty. Also, they like, check in this case. Yeah, how they check that? Yeah, how how do they check even different. Makes sense to me. Um, Phil Foden came off the bench in the 89th minute and scored City's second goal. I saw it. Uh, we've had an email in from Gareth who asks, "Does Gareth Foden Southgate or uh, it could be Gareth Southgate? Could be, yeah, 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 yeah it could be. I didn't think about that. Yeah, he says, does Foden need to leave City to fulfil his potential? I don't know. What do you reckon? Like, he's, <laughs> he's too. I think yeah, he's, he's too English. good not to play, though, isn't he? Like regular. Yeah. And I don't know. Did, was Pep not asked in the summer about a loan, and he said he didn't want him to go out on loan? Well, I don't think City want him to go on loan, and yeah. he also has a young family, and I don't think he wants to move house basically. 
So I think he's quite happy where he is it's at the moment. It's a pity what happened to Berry, isn't it? He <laughs> yeah, he could have got the went on I, think, uh, <laughs> I mean, he if they don't find place for him in the next 12 months, mm. he has to go somewhere. Well, that's it. The, pro- the, the problem they've got at the moment, they've got one too many good midfielders. I know, I know. So that even when someone gets injured, he doesn't slot into that I know, place. I know, I know. David Silva leaving next summer might be a good opportunity, but they'll probably yeah. just go and buy someone because why wouldn't they, really? Yeah. True. And like a friend of mine was saying, you know, these games against Dinamo Zagreb at home, why isn't he playing then? But it's like you've got Ilkay Gundogan there, you've got David Silva, you've got Bernardo Silva. So the it's easier is... to tell a young kid you're not playing today than it is to tell one yeah. of those experienced players. Yeah. So the answer is pretty easy, he has to go. I think he probably right. does, to be honest. Yeah, I hope he doesn't, but I think he probably does. No, no, but mean, then that doesn't but always why, work why out. Why does he have to go and not coming back? I mean, they can do like a op- buyback option, these kind of things that like Morata, when he went to Juventus, he played, uh, he played there and then mm. Real Madrid brought him back. Yeah. They can do something like that. Yeah, I mean, possibly, yeah. Because lo- lose him, I understand the City perspective. I say we probably have one of the best talents in the, for the future. We don't want to lose him, so I prefer to have him here for four years, mm. no even playing, and then in four years he will play every game. Mm. But for his perspective, I mean, it's a pity that he stays there and not playing. Yeah. He could be like Brahim Diaz, maybe he's just not that good. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I think Real Madrid are on about getting rid of him <laughs> in January. Yeah, but they're talking about selling him yeah. now in January. So, well, I I heard last time I was back in Manchester that Dortmund have made their interest in Foden very very clear. Oh, so, it's a perfect fit. Really. Yeah, it works. Yeah, it's who knows? English in Germany. <laughs> yeah, equal success. That's the rule. Yeah, I mean, look at Dan. Look at that. Like be, before this new wave of English talent. There were no English players in the Bundesliga yeah. ever. Yeah, but like now apparently, Keaton. now apparently only the English players are good in the yeah, yeah, Bundesliga. Yeah, yeah. They're only them. <laughs> yeah. The German kids, poof. No, they're, they're now, but it's no, okay. no, I know, I know. English people are finally fashionable. I never yeah. thought I would say yeah. that today. <laughs> I would say football players more than <laughs> well, <laughs> quite, quite. Football players don't care as people. <laughs> Uh, Frank Lampard got his first Champions League win as Chelsea boss. Uh, Tammy Abraham scored again at Lille on Wednesday night. Have you been surprised by the impact that Abraham has had this season? Maybe like surprised he's kind of done it so early, but I always did think like from watching him in his loan spells like in the Championship, a lot of it that he did look like a, a really good young player. He just looked a proper number nine penalty box centre forward that if he gets the chances more often than not he'll put them away like mm-hmm. he did at Villa, Swansea. So... I did think like that he would do well at Chelsea if he got the chance. I just didn't think maybe this early in the season, Lampard was was going to pick him over Giroud. Um, but Giroud pretty What's much. What's the story seems to of the, the national team? I completely lost it. I have to say, Abraham he, he doesn't. Uh, he's not sure if he wants to. He was called right for the game. Uh, yeah, I think is it Nigeria that he yeah, qualifies yeah, yeah. for as well. Yeah, yeah so yeah, he's yeah. not decided yet if. He, but he, he was called. So for. if he plays, he has to. Yeah, basically, yeah. Okay. yeah. So he decided. Probably. Um, I'm not sure what the letter did you because I, I read like something you, yesterday or two days ago yeah, I read it yesterday. saying that he he was not sure if he wanted to play for Nigeria or mm. England yes. England are stealing all the, the young like Tomori could have played for Canada I think as well mm. Grealish Gareth Southgate gets on the phone you go <laughs> <laughs> you can't say no yeah <laughs> exactly uh, he, he played though already Friendly. Yeah, but maybe friendly. Is friendly. It, they yeah, don't sure against Germany yeah. the last yeah. Yeah. Probably yeah, a friendly. friendly yeah. And, um, yeah, if it's a competitive game, then you're, you're, yeah, stuck, you're stuck. Yeah, you're stuck. Same that Spain is doing with Ansu Fati at the moment, right? Yeah, well, they're trying. They're yeah, calling up a 16 year old. Yeah. It's clearly just doing it to basically lock him down. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, the 
younger national teams don't count from this. Yeah, no, but they call so it no they don't. You they can don't. play in the under 17 of right. Spain, but they, and then you can pick another yeah, you one. Can, yeah, you can. up yeah. for the first team, though. The senior team, yeah. And that's what oh, yeah. Spain are doing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> they're probably going to send him to uh, 17 World Cup, that's, which is starting in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's going to miss the classical. Yeah. But maybe there is a, I mean, that's a long conversation. Maybe there is a little <laughs> too hype about this player right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, there is. To me. <laughs> I mean, he's probably very good, but... Calm down, people. He yeah. looked horrible Calm against down. Dortmund, which is completely fair for a 16-year-old. But, but no one is expecting. It's like I don't know. Now everyone is expecting Zaniolo to be the best player in the world in Italy. <laughs> uh, takes time. Takes time. Takes time. What do we make of the Christian Pulisic uh, situation at Chelsea? It's a weird one, isn't team. it? Uh, Mason Mount is sort of keeping him out of the team. He's publicly. He's not even getting the squads now either. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really surprised to no. be honest. No. no, no. He lost his starting spot at Dortmund last season for a reason. After it looked like he was the best invention uh, since like sliced bread. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was the best invention before sliced bread? Salami, <laughs> unsliced bread, <laughs> yeah. a, a loaf. Uh, no, I go with salami. It's uh, one of the top five inventions of mankind. Uh, By the way, in Italy we say salame. Salame. All right. Only outside you say salami. Let's not get bogged down in semantics. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing is with Christian Pulisic, um, sometimes he um, lacks a bit of the will to put in the work that is needed to secure a spot in the in the in the, in the team, and um, he also is a player which is he's a yeah he he's he's like, he's it, but yeah a little bit maybe. <laughs> another and words. another thing is um, he gets frustrated. He's a player that gets frustrated and it gets to him and he lets it get to him. And um, we've seen it at Dortmund and I think that's what we're seeing at Chelsea right now. And there's nobody that can change that but himself. He clearly has the potential. Like if you look at the Chelsea squad, it's the year to mark your, your, your spot in this squad for the next 10 years probably. That, that's the big thing, yeah. Like Lampard is going to give you a chance if he thinks you're good enough. Exactly. So. And he clearly has a talent. Like I don't believe, I, I, Mason Mount looks great, but I don't think he's a bigger talent. Yeah, but Just maybe like, right now it's too, it's more uh, helpful for what Lampard is asking. Oh, definitely. Because definitely. Pulisic, I see him as a, I don't know, like a talent, but maybe not very continuous in a way. Like he's probably 100%. plays one amazing game and two or three, okay. Mm-hmm. But I don't, don't so think he's helped either that like Mount and some of those other young guys were like Lampard's guys and Jody Morris's guys and they worked with them in the youth team and they had them at Derby whereas Pulisic Lampard didn't even sign him yeah. like he was right. kind of already yeah, there for him. And nobody wanted Pulisic only marketing team in Chelsea probably yeah. from the USA Got to crack that no, because Sarri didn't pick him remember when he was asked about I will always remember that when they asked him about oh, what do you think about your new signing Christian Pulisic well I, tell, I told the team uh, the club uh, one month ago that I like him but I knew, and they never answered me back and then they bought him <laughs> so <laughs> well <laughs> yeah who wants him <laughs> there's a big chance that we're going to look back at that deal and say there was a brilliant piece of business from Dortmund in, in, well which it already was but uh, yeah even better sounds yeah. like it oh. well speaking of people who were unwanted Mauro Icardi scored his first PSG ah. goal in midweek are you happy for him I would say Mauro Icardi slash the best striker in the world yeah. and then we start speaking <laughs> <laughs> no I'm uh, jokes apart I'm I think he needs to score more difficult goals than that one yeah, to, happening, it? yeah. To, to stay at Paris Saint-Germain doesn't sound like he wants to stay at Paris Saint-Germain after this year but um, I mean it's good for him that he decide one game. So 
I'm happy for him to be honest because I f- you know you know I'm always on his side but uh, yeah. there was too much talking in the last six months about him and he was responsible for that of course but now he needs to stay in the pitch start scoring goals again and prove again that he is the best striker in the mm. world is Wanda <laughs> happy in Paris do we think uh, she's so. really frustrated <laughs> she's really <laughs> frustrated <laughs> because the, she lives between Milan and Paris. Yeah, because uh, she still she, appears on like the Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk she she yeah. said that uh, <laughs> because she works uh, also in Italian TV. Yeah, the kids they go to an international school and they do, but that's what she said. Half of the week in Paris and half of the week in Milan. All right. That was really I was really thinking about it. Like, how is that possible? Isn't it weird that yeah, you go like, weird, to school yeah. like two days in one place? Money and it's possible. How does it work? Like. How yes, how does the homework work? Like, <laughs> oh, you have to do this for next Wednesday because you're here in Paris. Well, well now the other teacher in Milan said I didn't have to. Yeah, do that. she yeah, said yeah. I didn't have to play them off against one. each other. Yeah, wouldn't you? yeah. Doesn't <laughs> doesn't sound like a difficult school to no. me. But anyway, <laughs> Nico, quick word on Eintracht Frankfurt won again last night. They yeah, won at Union Berlin. It was probably the worst football match I've seen over ninety really? minutes in the last uh, in the last year. So it was honestly crazy bad. Also, there were some fights between the supporters. Because something I learned yesterday is Gimeresh. I think I pronounced it kind yeah, of in the right direction. Right, yeah. um, so they have divided ultras. They have their home curve. And then they have a second ultras block, which is right next to the away block. Ah, yeah. That's a classic thing in Italy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant idea. You know, Brilliant it, idea. Juventus fans, Juventus ultras in the uh, stadium of Delle Alpi, the one it was before, they were divided. Yeah. It was the north and the south. And they hate each other. Yeah, there was <laughs> but they were like, not, not hate, like me and Podrick, not kid. <laughs> really hating each other. And uh, so when they, did, they built the new stadium, the president of Juventus, Agnelli, said, okay, everything is amazing, but I want the Ultras to be in one side and all the others to the other side. Well, there were stabbings and everything. Mm. First time they were <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, yesterday before like, the match even kicked off, there were like seats thrown at each other. Classic, kind of, kind of bad. Among but their own fans, or with the Frankfurt from, from fans? The, Frank- the block, Frankfurt block was a bit higher up, so yeah. it was away. So it was okay, away, yeah. the away stands, and yeah. then like, there were chairs being thrown down. So um, Frankfurt is probably looking towards uh, playing at least the next away game without fans, if not a home game. Wow. Which at this point... Like, it's not good for that team. No, but at this point, even I can't defend it anymore because it keeps on happening. Mm. And at a certain point, um, what are you going to do? I remember yeah. when they, they came in Milan last March. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But uh, how much police was there? They yeah. were telling me, my friends in Milan, no, you can't believe it. Like, the, the city is blocked. What the fuck is going on? They are like... <laughs> Only policemen here for the, I don't know how 15, many, 15, 15 th- yeah. something like that, yeah. But Rome yeah. was worse. We were 10,000 Frankfurt fans in Rome and the police there was way worse. Because the Milan police was chilled. I didn't give a fuck <laughs> the, the Rome police, they were bad. But that's a different story. Imagine but, if there is Eintracht Napoli. Oh, oh God. Well, apparently, I wouldn't recommend that. The Chelsea fans couldn't get a drink in Lille this week. It was like, there was like an alcohol ban from like... They do that That's like, a classic I, thing in Italy yeah. also. They, they ban the alcohol, yeah. well, for the, especially for the... English ultras, they, mm. the first thing they do is banning beers. Yeah, yeah the same, same <laughs> No beers, no idea. fun, no stuff. Whenever Frankfurt arrives to, to France, goes there for a away game, there's a good thing called, basically, Frankfurt fans are not allowed in the city. It's like, well, if you were something in the club colors, you're not allowed in Strasbourg. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah. And you can't get a drink. Deal with it. <laughs> That's why you have to always go to the stadium with a shirt and pretending you're like 
something else. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Don't, I don't have don't nothing to do with that. Policy. Why you speak German? Yes, but it's a, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's a casualty. <laughs> uh, we're rapidly running out of time. I just wanted to mention uh, before we go that uh, Manchester United drew nil nil away at Azad Altmar. But Solskjaer was one of said it was one of the best performances. He did say that, yeah. So and Daniel no, Story. No shot on target, I think. Is that no right? shot, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Daniel Story tweeted, "I'm not saying it's going badly, but Barry have won away more, <laughs> away from home more recently than Manchester United, and they aren't a club anymore." <laughs> <laughs> How much you like that? I like that. Yeah, I, I love I knew to it. see it. I knew it. <laughs> right, well, on that note, we'll have to uh, leave it there this week. Unfortunately, due to circumstances beyond our control, there's going to be no podcast next week. Boom. So uh, you'll have to wait a fortnight when Ian McCourt will be back in the hot seat. So that's uh, something to look forward to. Uh, in the meantime, it was a pleasure, thank you. It, it has been a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Yeah, with you, always a pleasure. Oh, we, always to see you. Thank you, pleasure. Francesco. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, thank Nico. You. Thank you, Podrick. Thank you for listening at home. We'll see you in two weeks.